Hello humans, it's your host Julie B, and this is This Hive Howls, where I attempt to break social stigmas about parenting and mental health by revealing some of my most personal stories, as well as sharing the stories of other parents who feel they don't have a voice or a space to speak out about their struggles. So sit back and relax or tie up your walking shoes, and let's get into this week's episode. We are back at it again. It feels good to be in front of the microphone this week and trying to stay focused on getting an episode out every other week. I think it's going to be a little bit easier now because based on the title of today's episode, we are back to daycare. I can't say back to school. My kids are not school age yet, but both of my little children are officially in daycare full time. Ooh, it hurts my heart, like thinking that I had this long, beautiful period with my kids and I loved it so much, enjoyed every second of it. And now having had, you know, a day and a bit to reflect on the last, let's say, seven days of anxiety and fear and guilt and sadness and anticipation and excitement, it's like my heart is hurting because my babies are getting so big and I'm not ready for that at all. So I just want to talk a bit today about how that kind of transition has been going for me. I want to say first off that I know how fortunate I am and how lucky I am to have had a really long maternity leave and to have had the opportunity and the privilege to stay home with my baby and she's 15 months now. So In Canada, I had a paid maternity leave for approximately 12 months. Um, They go by weeks, so, you know, it equals out to about a year. And then after that 12-month period, I stopped receiving maternity leave payments, but because we were in the middle of summer, I decided to wait until kind of the back-to-school time to send my daughter to daycare, and that's when a spot opened up at my son's daycare anyway, so it just worked out nicely that that's when she would start was, you know, the beginning of the school year, beginning of September. And I have also kind of re-entered the workforce. I will be doing part-time work for the next few months. Um, well, the next, like say, six months, because if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I finally got to announce I am pregnant <laughs> again. Um, we are pregnant with our third little baby Um, we're expecting a February birth, which is really happy for me because I'm born in February and I really want somebody in this family to share a winter birthday with me. So far, everybody's born in the summer. So it might be nice to kind of divide up the birthday parties a bit. Um, but that's why I'm only going to work kind of on a flex schedule part-time for the next six months because I am going to have a lot of doctor's appointments and I just would like to keep kind of some of my days during the week open. Anyway, going back to work and jumping back into the workforce is a completely other topic that I am planning on talking about, hopefully at the next episode. But you know, that's where we're at. I can't speak for everybody when you send your kids back to daycare. Um, I know that a lot of moms and a lot of people that I'm mutuals with on social media have sent their kids to daycare really early. Um, It varies from country to country, and I'm not sure I've spoken about it on the podcast, maybe very briefly, um, about how disheartening it is to see American mothers sending their kids to 
a daycare service or a care service, sometimes as close as four months after giving birth, mostly six weeks if they're lucky. And some people who are very lucky who can take extra time off up to two months, maybe three. Um, And then there's just the phenomenon of a lot of women not being able to go back to work because childcare is expensive and it's hard to find. It's hard to find good childcare. It's hard to be on wait lists, especially in the United States. Even here in Canada, wait lists are extremely long. And I know that I'm going to be kind of complaining about how hard it is to send my little baby to daycare today, but I'm not doing that without recognizing the hurt and the pain and the fear and the separation anxiety that new moms have when they're sending their kids and their babies away months or weeks after giving birth. I recognize wholeheartedly my privilege of being able to keep my babies home for as long as I did with both of them. Um, I know that financially, I don't need to be bringing in an income. I could keep my kids home full time with me if I desired to, but I have spoken a lot about my identity crisis and my purpose in this life and needing to find who I am again in my 30s outside of being just a mom. And so I'm excited that we have the opportunity to send our kids outside of the home for a care service during the day. And that that gives me an opportunity to kind of, you know, rediscover things that I want to do and get back to working because I I know I've mentioned before how much I would like to work to have my own kind of financial freedom so I can do things that I want to do and not always have to worry about like the larger family budget Um, And that's just, that would just help with my anxiety. But with all of that being said, I have spent the past week um, in extreme anxiety because I'm terrified of sending my daughter to daycare. I also spent the week noticing as many tiny details of my daughter as I could. She's 15 months old. I know that in my motherhood journey and in keeping her home for that year, There was a lot of ups and downs. There was a lot of fears and unknowns around what my position would be in this life, you know, like where I saw myself going, what my purpose was, having kind of a label and a title to grasp onto to give my life meaning. And I wanted meaning outside of motherhood. And because of all those ups and downs, I spent a lot of time kind of lost in my own head and lost in worry and stress and not really present in the moment. And this past week, knowing that she'd be going to daycare and I would no longer have her at home with me, I spent way more time in the present looking at her, you know, looking at the little wrinkles on her fingers and her cute little dimples in her cheeks when she smiles and how cute her little teeth are and how she crinkles her eyes when she throws her head back and laughs and just the sound of her cry and taking in all of these memories because I know how fast kids grow up and stop being babies and become being like big kids as soon as they enter daycare. My son was about 18 months when he went into daycare because this was right kind of in the middle of COVID and I wasn't able to go back to work right away. So we kept him home and we were in the middle of moving houses. So by the time I got him into daycare, he was 18 months and he still felt like a baby to me. And it didn't take a month of him being in daycare for me to be like, oh gosh, my baby is getting big now. And I know that's going to happen so quickly with my daughter. So I spent so much more time, you know, rocking her to sleep, walking her for her nap, snuggling with her, just 
trying to keep her as close to me as possible (laughs) and have her kind of be clingy with me because I didn't want her to forget who I was and I didn't want to forget who she was. And I know that in a month's time, she's going to be so big. Like I already feel like she'll be walking in a month's time and she'll have a lot wider vocabulary. Um, I think another thing that I tried to soak up so much more with her than I did with my son, because I didn't realize it was going to happen with my son, but, um, my son was way more developmentally ready, I'd say for daycare, his milestones, he had reached all of them very early in comparison to kind of the average for kids and babies. And my daughter has not. So my son was walking, you know, around nine to 10 months. My daughter's 15 and she's not walking independently yet. So I still feel like she's a super, super baby, baby. Like she'll be crawling around the whole time. She doesn't have a large vocabulary. Um, he did like, he was able to kind of tell you what he wanted and didn't want at that age. And even though, yes, he went at 18 months as she's at 15 months, it's just the huge discrepancy of where they were when they both turned one, he was so much more advanced. So I felt like he was ready for it. And that's why I'm just fearful of this baby stage being over because I think she's going to flourish so much in daycare that before I know it, I'll blink my eyes and she'll be like a big girl. So that's where my heart has been. That's where my head has been this past week. And coupled with all of the kind of like fear and anxiety, like there's a sadness of losing your baby. There's a joy with realizing that you get to kind of rediscover things that you want to do, getting around to things, you know, work on the house, like DIY projects. My gosh, I have to finish stripping my staircase. (laughs) I started it before last Christmas with the idea of having it done for Christmas and I haven't touched it since. So now that she's at daycare, maybe I'll get around to finishing that job. But the stress has manifested itself in the form of nightmares. So even this past week, like I have had the worst sleep ever. And I'm already like not sleeping because of pregnancy, getting up all the time to go to pee. But I've had these terrible nightmares, like back to school nightmares. I had a dream the other night that my old high school caught on fire on like the first day of school. And I kept waking up in a panic and I was like sweating and breathing heavy and I couldn't get back to sleep. And I know it was attributed to my fear of my daughter going to daycare for the first time. Like, what if something bad happens and I'm not there to protect her? And then mommy instincts kicked in because when I went to drop her off, I was clinging dearly to her. I didn't want to let her go. I didn't want to hand her over. There was a lot of guilt manifested this week as well, thinking like, if I have all this privilege to have my children home with me and I can raise them and teach them as I wish, why am I quote unquote, shipping them off to somebody else? You know, why am I outsourcing this labor that I can so easily do without any extra strain on the family? But it is coupled with the calming thought that I need this time for myself. Some women, some parents need to go back to work. They feel such a huge fulfillment with their careers and their jobs and doing things outside of the home. And other women feel that fulfillment with their jobs and careers inside of the home. And because I've struggled for so long with it, I know that even though I'm terrified about letting her go and letting my kids go, 
it will ultimately be better for me and my mental health, which as we've talked about before, trickles down into me being able to take care of my family better and in a healthier way. And then the family unit kind of running in a more healthier way. So if mom is doing good, then the family is doing good. That's kind of my motto and what I'm trying to stick to during this weird transition phase of, of daycare, you know, back to daycare and me going back to work. But definitely those nightmares have me thinking and questioning. And because of that, because I'm carrying around that anxiety and a bit of that guilt, yesterday I was just a mess. Yesterday was her first day. She didn't stay the whole day. I picked her up before nap. But I spent the morning telling myself like, okay, I'm going to get to vacuum. I'm going to get to mop. I'm going to sort the kids clothes. I have all this list. I'm going to keep myself busy so I don't dwell on it. And what ended up happening was like, I cried when I dropped her off. I cried the whole morning. My gosh, I walked into her room to pick her up out of her crib. And I picked her up and I held her and I looked at her face and it just hit me like, this is the last time I'm going to look at her face as she is like as this little baby before I sent her to daycare and I sobbed man like my husband had to run into the room be like are you okay I was like you're not okay don't talk to me but then I cried when I dropped her off and I cried the whole way home and I got home and I sat on the couch and I just kind of stared off into blankness so unsure of what to do and then I had maybe 20 minutes of energy where I got up cleaned the kitchen, vacuumed the house, mopped the floors, ran a load of laundry, and then sat back down on the couch again and was just, you know, engulfed in my phone because I didn't know what else to do to get my mind off of the worry. Um, So that's how I've been the last couple of days. I feel kind of lost. I am trying to stay goal-oriented. I'm trying to organize my schedule so that way when I do end up back at work, um, I think I talked about it a couple episodes ago, but I will be substitute teaching uh, for this school year, which is great because it does give me a flexible schedule. Uh, I just have to wait for, you know, some days to pop up on the schedule that I can select and say, yes, I will take over that, uh, that class and that position at whichever school. So I'm kind of haven't started work yet. Like I'm not doing a nine to five, but I'm trying to pull myself out of the gutter that I've let myself fall into, but I think it's totally normal that it happens and it's natural and knowing me and how I am with my emotions and the roller coaster ride that being a mom is, I have to ride it out. All of this stress and anxiety and sadness and guilt and excitement has also been compounded by the fact that I'm in my second trimester and my body is flowing with insane hormones. So my highs are really high and my lows are really low. I thankfully have an amazing daycare. I love the woman who takes care of my children. We are constantly messaging like throughout the day. And by constantly, I don't mean this woman sitting on her phone texting like the parents of her children. She's super involved with our kids. But because she knows this is a huge milestone, sending your baby to daycare for the first time, she's been very good that while the kids are playing, she'll take photos of them being happy and like pictures of my son and my daughter together playing on the floor. And when she gets a moment, usually during lunchtime or when the kids are having a nap, she sends the photos along with a little blurb saying like, everything's going great. Don't worry about the kids. She's really good at updating me as well if something's going wrong. And I know that I can message her anytime during the day and we would come to a resolution. So yesterday I 
said maybe she could stay for the nap and then I didn't feel comfortable for her staying for the nap. So I texted the lady and I was like, look, I'm going to pick her up after lunch. If she's in a bad mood, let me know and I can pick her up before lunch. I just wasn't ready anyways for the first day. But because I have such a great relationship with her and because I can trust her, I know that this transition period, although for the last two days has been rough, come next week, I'm going to feel so much better. There is a huge benefit to having my son in the same daycare as well, because he will look after his baby sister and he has said as much. He's told me multiple times this past weekend and even yesterday and today that don't worry, mommy, I'm going to be with little P and I'm going to protect her because I'm a big boy now and I will make silly faces and I'm going to do this. And then he showed me this silly face thing that he does and noises that he does with his lips. And he says, I do that when she gets crying so I can make her happy. And it's just, it's heartwarming as a mother to hear your children talk about taking care of others in such a nice way. It's really um, comforting to know that my eldest son is such a protector and a lover and a giver and a caring little child that he wants to care for his little sister at daycare. Um, And that does help. That does help knowing that they're together, knowing that she at least will have a familiar face to turn to for a little while and she shouldn't be so scared, I think will make this transition easier than it was for my son. I didn't like the, I know it was, it was the second one. I didn't like the first daycare that I sent him to. I adored. Um, unfortunately that one had to close the second daycare I sent him to. I absolutely hated and I hated dropping him off every single day. I was worried about picking him up every day. Like I just got such a bad feeling and dropping him off at those daycares for the first time was really hard because he had no point of reference And that transition, I think, was a lot harder for me. I was also working actual full time. So like nine to five outside of the home during that period. So I guess my mind was kept off of it. But I do know that some of my work suffered during that transition period. So at the very least this time around, I have some freedom and space to like feel my emotions and get my feet going and really figure out how I'm going to move forward. What I'm really looking forward to actually though is having this entire fall season to be kind of child free. (laughs) Like I wrote in my notes for this episode, like I won't be tethered to my children. Um, And that might sound bad. Like I'm not discrediting anybody or, you know, trying to hurt anybody's feelings who absolutely loves having their kids around them 24 seven. It's just for me at, at a certain point, like, Yesterday and even today, I was like, wow, the house is quiet and I feel like an empty nester, but there are some things I can finally do on my own in this house that don't require me to stress about the well-being of my kid, like if they're in a different room or whatever. And I was like, I can go outside and do other things that might be dangerous to do with the little kids around, especially during this heat wave. It's ridiculous. But the tetheredness is definitely nice to not have. Obviously, I'll be having them in the morning and have my kids in the afternoon, but like running errands and 
not having to think about one extra step or like just not having to think about my kids being with me or worried about my kids being with me is really nice. Like there's a little bit of a weight lifted off of your chest and a freedom that comes with it. And I'm grateful for all the time that I had with my kids, but I know that I'm going to be super grateful to have this bit of freedom. Um, I mentioned early on in the episode, like the freedom for me is getting back into my hobbies and my likes and my interests, having time to sit here and just record this episode. Like there's nobody else in the house today. Hubby has gone off to the office. Both kids are in daycare. I can basically do whatever I want, which is nice, which means because I'm pregnant, I can also nap now kind of whenever I want to on the days that I'm not working because before I would only be able to nap when my baby napped, but then I'd feel guilty that I wasn't doing like those dangerous household chores during her nap period. So I think it's just an overwhelming period of time where everything is hitting me at once. I'm having a hard time processing it. I'm excited for the processing period. I'm nervous as heck about going back to work. And I'm trying not to let my anxiety about the safety of my children kind of rule my everyday thoughts. Because if I do, then I'm not going to get anything done. And I will spend the next several weeks moping around on the couch. And trust me, if I don't feel productive, everything goes off the rails. Anyways, that's enough of me freaking out for the day. (laughs) Um, At least I've had a chance to kind of wrap my head around everything that's going on. And I just want to leave you with this. There should be no judgment placed upon you by any other person, especially people who are in your family or in your close friend group about the decisions you make regarding the care of your children. If you're deciding to stay home and not go back into the workforce until all of your children are school age because you want to keep them home and raise them, by all means, do that. Nobody should shame you for that. If you've decided that even if you have an extended maternity leave that you're missing who you were at your work and you really want to get back to that version of yourself and you decide to take you know a shortened maternity leave so you can go back to work, you shouldn't be shamed for doing that. If you know you took a shortened maternity leave and you're in Canada and your husband or your partner or your spouse was able to take an extended one and that's what works for your family, nobody should be shaming you for that. There's a lot of rhetoric going around online um, in the community and there's a lot of negative comments of people being like, I'm baffled, especially towards American mothers. Um, just people from all over the world saying, I'm baffled that you would send your kids to daycare that early. It's so sad and disheartening. And yes, it is. I've said it myself. I've commented it myself. It is sad and disheartening. But what you have to remember is a lot of the times they don't have a choice and they realize the situation that they're in. People know their lives better than any stranger could. And so, Whatever decision you have dis- you know, decided to make and take, whatever action it is that you're doing regarding the care of your children, it will be the right one for your family. And I don't think that a friend or a family member or people on the internet should tell you otherwise or shame you for that decision. I'm sorry if that's happened to you. I'm sorry if you know, I have come across in, in that way, in the way that I speak about how much it saddens me to see, you know, parents being forced to go back to work. Um, In the event that it's a choice, 
that's your choice because that's what's best for you. I always want to put your mental health first, especially for the moms that are listening here. Your mental health is crucial to the running of your life. And that also includes the running of your family and the running of your household. So put yourself first, do what needs to get done. You're all, you know, doing great. We're all just trying to do the best that we can and get by with the tools that we have and hopefully learn from our mistakes along the way. I hope you have a lovely day. If there's a heat wave going on where you are, as it is here, I hope you're finding ways to stay cool. Luckily, our pool is still open, so the kiddo and my husband are swimming every single night, either before or after supper, but they love the pool. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for some AC, and I'm thankful that my children are going to be well taken care of in a care service that allows me the freedom to try and figure out who Julie is again and get back to some weird normal structure-ish with part-time work while I finish off this pregnancy before I'll then be taking another maternity leave. I look forward to speaking about my pregnancy and the fall incoming. If you haven't yet and you love them, please go get your pumpkin spice lattes or your pumpkin spice inspired drinks. I've already had a couple and I feel great already. And as always, please, please, please go drink some water. If you've liked what you've heard today, don't forget to subscribe and follow. Also, head on over to my blog page and give me a follow there. And for more silly and serious mom content and life updates, spot me on Instagram at this.hive. All the links are in the episode description. Till next time.